Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code PODCAST for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. Hello, everybody. It's Lenny Murphy, back with another edition of the Green Book Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. And as usual by us, I mean I have a guest. And all of our guests are special, but occasionally we get some that I've got a whole lot of history with, and that is what we have today. Carol Fitzgerald, President and CEO of Buzzback. Welcome, Carol. Hi, Lenny. How are you? Doing all right. It is great to have you. So kind of full disclosure, history, we have worked together on the Gen 2 side for, gosh, what, like 10 years now, something like that for a long time. Yeah. And it has been an absolute privilege to help in some small way as an advisor to Buzzback. And that's why I wanted to have you on as a guest because, you know, I've had a front row seat to the growth of the business and to you know, the ups and downs and twists and turns and all of that good stuff that every entrepreneur and CEO goes through. And I think you've got just a hell of a story. And I think our audience will love that. So with that said, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you and Buzz back, and then we'll get into those questions about the twists and turns and all of that good stuff. Sounds good. So my first disclaimer right off the bat is I'm in our New York City office. So if you hear those sirens, that's authentic. (laughs) And you can enjoy that as a little background noise. I'm actually from New York, born and bred New Yorker. But anyway, I started Buzzback over 23 years ago. So it's been quite the journey back when the internet boom happened. And it's a bit ironic because my favorite movie or one of my favorites anyway is Baby Boom. And I always wanted to like have my own business. I didn't know it was going to be in the research space. And it's been quite a journey. And interestingly enough, when I started the company back in 2000, there were a few online companies out there and a few that had actually gone public, despite the dot-com implosion that happened soon after that. But essentially, we really wanted to kind of reinvent the research experience back then. Okay. And you've stayed true to that. So... Go brag a little bit. Let's talk about what you do with that reinvention of the research experience. And for our audience, this isn't necessarily a plug, but there really is a lot of very cool things that Buzzback has done, and we'll get into the drivers of that. But talk about that reinvention, Carol. Sure. So we've actually come full circle that way. I remember when I started the company, the whole idea was to reinvent the user experience at a time when the biggies were going online mostly to have reach and reduce costs. We really wanted to make the respondent experience fun and engaging and visual. And that was very challenging in the beginning days. I remember as we went around to our clients and our first clients were Unilever and Coke. First of all, they didn't even have internet access at their desks. I'm not sure if you remember that. They had to go home and log in from their Yahoo accounts back then. And the whole idea of doing things differently on the web was 
really kind of new to them. But the number one question that we got from all clients was around, is the internet representative? And I must chuckle a bit because that's come full circle in terms of respondents and respondents authenticity these days. It's like five generations later. But anyway, it took us the first five years to really build credibility. Was it okay to buy research from a Buzzback versus a Harris or a Nielsen or, you know, any of those at the time. And that was a huge mountain for us to climb. And since then, we've gone back to kind of our essence of making that experience fun and engaging. And, you know, the past few years in particular, taking it to mobile, because that's how we spend our time still, 80% on mobile devices, right? And also to these new ways of doing things in research that have been accelerated by COVID. And, you know, one of the things I talk about with clients all the time is what do sticky behaviors have been since the onset of COVID from a research standpoint. But we've tried to stay true to that journey of being visual, engaging with respondents, whether they're doctors or consumers, to make research really fun because that yields a better insight, an emotional insight, a more human-centric way of engaging. And I would encourage folks, if you haven't checked out Buzzback's offerings, you really should because they walk the talk that Carol is the same. No, that is one reason why have worked with you is that focus on both the respondent experience and the customer experience, you know, particularly with, you know, embracing ideas around storytelling and visualization. And, you know, your reports have always impressed me as some of the best I've ever seen in terms of the usability and the engagement. And that ties into another aspect that I've always found really impressive about the business. And that is you keep winning the best place to work award in New York, like every year, right? So I think there's a through line there between this focus on an enjoyable experience for the key constituents in your business, for respondents, for your customers, and for your employees. Is that a safe assumption that that's just always top of mind for you as a leader? Yes. One of the reasons I wanted to start my own company, because I grew up in Fortune 500 land, was I didn't want to have the nine to five be chained to my desk kind of job. And when the internet came along, I really saw it as a way to liberate and liberate, especially people who had families who maybe couldn't do nine to five or who wanted to go to their kids' sporting events and all of that. And, you know, back in the day, a lot of what helped us win awards was this idea of working anywhere, anytime. So fast forward to 2020, and all of a sudden that idea of blended is really, really different. And it's cost of entry, work anywhere, anytime. Hey, everyone's doing it, and companies are really struggling and challenged with how to keep employees engaged and therefore clients in this new blended world. One of the things that I obsess about right now besides technology and besides some of the other interesting things that are happening all around us is what successful cultures are. So we actually started at Buzzback about eight months ago, a work stream that I called Culture of the Future, which has now evolved to 
being a whole, you know, huge initiative for us. And one of the basic premises of it is that I hired what I call the digital wellness director. This is a role that I made up essentially and a title that I had to find. And his whole role is to make sure that our team has an enjoyable, gratifying, not frustrating work experience. Because when you're working remotely and something doesn't work properly, you are in trouble. You can't be productive. It's super frustrating. You can't access people. And it just becomes a way to turn employees off. So his mantra is to make sure that we have the right hardware, the right software, we're using Microsoft Teams or whatever it may be to connect our team and make that experience of our company really great. Now, we're not there yet. We're at the beginning stages of our journey, but I'm constantly trying to figure out what our company's doing to make that successful. One of the things that we did during, during COVID, and I, you know, Verizon's one of our clients, but I'm happy to sell their products. We got everyone in the company an Orbic. And if you don't know what an Orbic is, it's a Wi-Fi device. So that if their internet went down, they could have Wi-Fi. And guess what? It has saved a lot of people. I know when our power went out, we actually watched TV on our <laughs> Orbic device. But you know where I'm going with this, this idea of not being productive and worse, causing frustration for people we can't tolerate. And as we move more towards that, we need to just accelerate it even further. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed that our clients are leading blended lives too, right? Like sometimes get emails from people that like, you don't have to answer now, but this is what I'm working. And just trying to figure out the best way to do that is a constant challenge. Now, how much of that, Carol, for those values? Because I think that's what it really boils down to, right? Their principles are a reflection of your personal needs and experience as well, right? You're a mom, you were you're building this business while you're you know raising your kids and I assumed that played a pretty large role. And I want to build a company that I want to work for because this is a reflection of my life and other people experience this as well. Huge, huge, huge. We have five core values that we use to describe buzz back, flexibility, innovation, teamwork, integrity, and quality, and flexibility with a major capital F. And that started with that work anywhere, anytime mantra that I talked about, but it was exactly that. And, you know, even though we're a diversity supplier, and I think our numbers right now are around 55% women and, you know, includes people of ethnicity, et cetera, it's really about families. It's really about supporting a work-life balance that is appreciated by people, that fits with where they want to be. Because the other thing that you've had happen in the past three years is what I call the COVID wake-up calls. Like, do I even want to work if I can afford not to? Do I want to do something different, right? And people really question everything. So coming back to how to make it a flexible environment, what I've always cared about since day one is, A, that we're responsive. And I will tell you that our clients say we're responsive. You need to answer my email at whatever time it is within reason, just to acknowledge, like, I can't get to you right now, but see your email, that works. And the second is that we make our numbers, which also can be a challenge when you're trying to be blended. But if you need to go to that playoff game for your kid, you know, go do it because you don't, you don't get to miss those. And I can appreciate that, you know, having twins, as you're right, why they were two and a half when I started the company and that flexibility is just so critical, I think, to make people successful. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And 
you know, similar experience. I, I launched my first company after the corporate life in 2005, MDM Associates, right? And two young children, virtual company. And, and to that point, every company I've ever built since then has been entirely virtual. So in based on that same foundational value. So I love that maybe we were early adopters, but now the rest of the world is catching up. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Right. So what's that level? What's that bar that we have to get to next? You know, I don't know. But what I really love about it is I have a team at Buzzback doing this now. It's not just me doing it. They're taking it to new heights and it's so exciting. That's very cool. Very cool. All right. The other, so the, all this, you know, innovation. I think that's an important point again for the audience. Why I wanted to have you on was we talk about innovation and it's easy to think of just about technology, but it's not, you know, innovation, new thinking, changing, you know, striving to do better goes across so many different areas of the business, kind of a full spectrum approach. And, and I've always loved that you've done that. You've embraced that, but let's now talk about kind of the research innovation piece of things. So you employ Gen 2 to help you stay, you know, stay aware of what's going on, but you don't need us because you're always thinking and pushing on your own. What are some of the things that are interesting and exciting for you now, right? We're, we're kind of post COVID and the industry is leveling out and, you know, we've seen the explosion of qual and all of those things, right? That's, but there is a long tail of change and, and more change coming. What has you excited about those things? So about five years ago, I used to talk about the three A's, right? Agile, automation, and AI. And agile became kind of the operative word. And even our healthcare clients, which is about 30% of our business, were preferred supplier to AstraZeneca and J&J and all these amazing companies. They even want to be agile. But now it, all those three A's are so trumped by AI and you know, things like chat GPT, like you just, it's all around us and it's so fun to experiment with, but it's kind of a weird dichotomy or oxymoron in our sector because a lot of our sector is still seventies and eighties ways of doing things. You talk about visualization, like people still want PowerPoints, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you can get real time, you can have interaction, you can filter, you can dig, and you can even use ChatGPT to do these new things. So it's a bit around experimenting and kind of finding the new ways of doing things. And I like to think at Buzzback that we are more leading edge than bleeding edge because we like to vet, we like to try out, we experiment, we pilot, we adopt those things that we feel are going to really enable our business. We do create some of our own technology, but we consider ourselves tech enabled. I think that's a, a phrase that we stole from Gen 2 when we were kind of positioning the company just in general. But it's a very exciting place to be right now. And when we get to these relationships that are really different from a tech enabled standpoint, we go deep. You know, we have strategic alliances with companies who make certain kinds of technology and develop things like SSO and all these, you know, other ways to integrate the technology to what we do, still focused on that user experience and, you know, being human centric, because when you're engaging a doctor, when you're engaging a consumer, it needs to be engaging with a capital E. But it's really, a, I always describe it as a candy shop here, right? It's a candy shop. And there are so many fun things going on in our 
industry, but there are pockets of it that are still evolving instead of becoming revolutionized. And so that can be a bit of a challenge. And there's a lot of smoke and mirrors still also. Yeah, and some snake oil out there too. So exactly. No, I think that the generative AI degree, I mean, it's really transformative in so many ways from an efficiency standpoint. I think it's actually a missing piece we've been looking for to make automation more effective across the entire research landscape. So, you know, we were pretty good with quant already, but the, the, the application of generative AI certainly has applications around qual that changes that dramatically, but also just helps us get to facilitate to the point where we don't have to be so focused on process and can focus more on impact and results in a lot of ways. And it will be interesting to see how that plays out over the next few years. I don't expect revolution in methodology as a result of these technologies. I may be wrong, but I do expect massive efficiency gains and, and scalability out of them. So let's switch gears for a second because I, you know, we've talked about founding the company and, you know, as every entrepreneur, it can be a bumpy ride in building a business. There's highs and there's lows. I remember actually giving a talk in Canada a couple of years ago where I actually cried from the stage talking about the low of when I had to shut down Rockhopper, right? I mean, it was a, it was a painful, visceral experience. So talk about one of those lows. What's been one of those things, and from the standpoint of being a mentor, Carol, be a mentor to other entrepreneurs, share an example of, you know what, this was a tough damn day, right? This event occurred and here's how I got through it. Right. Well, here's how I got through it. I'm not sure I remember, but there are a couple of events that I do remember. And one of them is just really stuck indelibly. We had just won this gigantic project from Estee Lauder. I think it was in 2001, if I remember correctly. And it was a product testing project. And, you know, at that time, we were barely a year and a half old. So to win something like this was just massive. So we had to send advanced night repair of all things to specifically recruited women. And we packed it all up. It was me and one of my employees, because at that time I did everything, right? And we took this gigantic sack, try to envision that, to the post office and mailed out all the packages. Well, the next day we got 200 packages returned because it was the middle of anthrax. And they were in these manila envelopes that people were like, we don't know what this is. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to be fired by S.A. Lauder. We need to figure something out. Well, that was like major lesson learned because we never again used the post office. We immediately went to FedEx so that we could track every package and knew where it was at any point in time. And we still, to this day, product testing is a good 10 to 20% of our business at, at various times. We still use FedEx to track packages, but there are those events that happened kind of along the way. Another one just quickly is, you know, sadly at the time our offices were in Union Square and it was during the World Trade event when the buildings came down. And I remember being able to see them and we were on our mobile phones in the office because nothing worked. Of course, everything was shut down in New York crying watching some of this happen and we were in the middle of a study for Gillette and Motorola and I won't say who but one of the clients did not want to let up and you know most clients at the time were putting a moratorium on research just given what was going on right 
But there were things that happened around that event that actually impacted our results. We were testing ads that had planes in them that didn't work out. And, you know, the upside of all of that, because obviously we got through it, despite the horrible things that happened on the side. But the upside on that is the client who was involved in that, I'm still in touch with, and she's one of my favorites of all time, and now actually leads the team at Cure Dr. Pepper. It's Brenda Armstead. And have stayed in touch with her, you know, since her early days back in 2001. And that's been super exciting. So those relationships can end up happening as some upside there. But sometimes you, you just don't know. And I think that's been a major lesson for me at BuzzBack is expect the unexpected. It's just anything could happen on any day. And you just need to pivot and figure out how to deal with it. Yep. I hope for the best, but plan for the worst. So Exactly. Yeah, agreed. Let's talk about that pivoting though, because there was a point in the business where you pivoted. When we first met, you asked me to review some some technology you had built, and I actually was not very complimentary. And I thought this woman's going to hate me forever. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I did to earn a second chance, Carol, but I'm glad that I did. But you pivoted, right? And I don't want to steal your thunder, but you know, you looked at it, said, "Okay, we've invested a lot into this particular offering," and the market's changed and we need to do something a little bit different. And you pivoted to the strengths. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. In fact, some people ask me to define what our core values are, especially when I get asked at you know, some of these women's events to talk about being a woman leader and how to build a culture and all of that. And innovation with a capital I is about failing. And maybe that's why we're still in touch, Lenny, is that like, I respect your opinion and I need you to tell me when things are bad, just like I need you to tell me when things are good. And now where I feel like that's gone to and what I'm so excited about, there are two kind of broad strokes relative to our business that I'm excited about. One is healthcare because this blend of healthcare and technology and the whole idea of companies like Google and Microsoft getting into healthcare. I mean, think about that. It's this intersection of very traditional healthcare companies, global, and these major technology companies and big data and all the rest. That's super exciting to me. And there'll be some new things that we'll be doing there. But the second is qual. Oh my gosh, there's so much white space in qual. We're getting ready to make some new introductions there. But that's innovation. And it means sometimes investing in things that you don't know where they're going to lead. And my real big philosophy around all of that from the beginning days is get out there and try it. Don't keep testing, testing, testing. You do need to test. You do need to get learning. But you know, be agile yourself if, if you can and get out there, get some learning, get the real life stuff, and then be iterative, then morph, then pivot then continue to make it better. And sometimes it doesn't always work out as you experience. And, you know, you told us what we had wasn't that great and that happens. And we need to be prepared for that too, which is why you sometimes need to have a few tracks of innovation. Yeah. Your wisdom always impresses me, Carol. So we've talked a lot about the journey so far and how amazing that's been and highs and lows and all that good stuff. And I should point out that you know, we don't really do the rankings like we used to with the Honda Michael report. And gosh, I probably just aged myself really a lot for the audience, but you know what I'm talking about. But you'd be on it if we still did, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, you, exactly. Yeah, you've grown to you know a really good sized business when it starts looking interesting to other folks around, and we are in a highly 
acquisitory industry. Everybody likes to buy up everybody else. And you have been standing firm and solo for a long time. And we don't have to get into your thinking about that particularly. I'm just giving you a shout out, but it's pretty cool to see. But thank you. what does the future look like for you, for Buzzback? So I'm still excited about the qual space. I do believe it's evolving and that there's some new technologies there in particular. ResTech has been both interesting to watch and somewhat disruptive when it comes to insights and some of the clients that we've worked with. But the exciting part for me is that the quote consumers of research, meaning our clients, have changed. And you know, I know you've highlighted a lot of that in the grid, but research is much more democratized now in terms of who wants it, who can have it, and what are ways that you can use it. And that to me is super exciting because it means our audiences get broader, but it also means that we need to be smarter in how we deliver our insights. You're right, we're still one of those standalone companies. We are a diversity supplier because I own the business, but we're you know kind of unique that way. And what that allows me, and one of the things that has been exciting and contributed to our kind of saying solo, if you want to call it that, is we get to be reactive to clients and we get to develop things that are exciting to them and we don't have gigantic parents that we you know have to lobby to to decide how we want to innovate that really comes from our team and i love that remember i did grow up in fortune 500 america and had to you know create business cases when i wanted to raise money internally to do internet things and i did that and that was fun too but now it's a different world and it's about making smart decisions in the candy shop if you know what i mean we do have a number of people knocking on our door But for now, we have a focus and a direction. And I like to think a strategy that is going to take us forward, you know, kind of continuing what we're doing, which is being a strategic partner, which is truly delivering innovation and what I would call kind of the next generation of insights more centered around activation, right? Because what you brought up before around clients not just wanting data, which is what they wanted in the year 2000, faster, cheaper, better. Then it became insights. Now it's insights and analytics merged together because big data has to be part of that. And that's where I agree with you that AI and those functionalities and technologies that enable us to filter through and bring all of that together smartly is the next wave. But taking it forward, because we're overwhelmed by the amount of data and the amount of whatever you want to call it, insights, et cetera, that we have at our fingertips. But we still need to bridge that with what consumers are feeling and, you know, what's kind of at the center of what drives them, which is much more emotional and not necessarily so rational. So that's where we're going and qual is a big part of that. And, you know, you'll see some new innovations from us over the course of this year and hopefully into the next year that I believe are spot on, but stay tuned there. And we're really excited about that. I can't wait. Not ready to retire yet. So I have a sign (laughs) on my door. (laughs) (laughs) Let's ramp down into the final question then. So not about retiring, but give us a glimpse into Carol, the non-CEO. I I know you have very little time outside of the business, but when you do, when you have those moments, how do you like to spend your time? What's that thing that you're like, ah, okay, I'm glad I get to do this right now. 
love being outside. Luckily, I have a husband who is amazing and who loves being outside too. So going for, you know, walks or hikes or whatever it may be because nature is so like way to wind down the stress and get everything out from the week. I also enjoy baking. That to me is also therapy, but nature and being outside on a freezing cold day, like the colder, the better. You know, I went to Dartmouth for undergrad for a reason. I love the snow. I love the freezing cold. And that is just my way of unwinding and relaxing. And I'm also extremely family oriented. I spend a lot of time with not the word, my parents who are still alive and my kids and those things trump everything else, which is, I guess, kind of how I got to buzz back in the first place in terms of having a business that could allow me both. I mean, there were definitely those times that I had to compromise. I remember one time having to go to a big Coke presentation and missing my daughter's camp play. And I don't know what was the right decision still to this day, but I, I think I do. But in any case, having those things be a major part of my life is something that I will never give up. And they all kind of go together. Yeah, I love that. Now, I had no idea about the baking thing. All right, so what's your signature dish? Yeah, I love making cookies and also banana bread. I used to bring it to the office every Monday when <laughs> it was before COVID. Now I'm sort of moving back to that as more people are coming into our new New York offices uh, right near Held Square. But beware, you might get a little package from me. <laughs> I, I was actually going to be so bold as to ask. I'm not supposed to be doing you the low-carb thing. But I know man, where you live. <laughs> <laughs> I love banana bread. You'll appreciate this real quick. Oh, so we, yes, the audience is probably sick of me talking about moving to Kentucky. And then we live near an, you know, there's all type of Amish stores. And there's this little Amish deli bakery near us. And Christmas, they were selling homemade fruitcakes. Now, I have never tasted a fruitcake that I thought was worth putting in my mouth, right? I mean, it was just the nastiest thing ever. But oh my God. This was like a gluten crack. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I both were like, we were doing the low carb thing. It was like, no, I want some of that cheesecake. That was so good. So <laughs> I've been known uh, to be addicts for those kinds of things. It's like once you start, you can't stop. You just sliver away. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, it's, it's my downfall with this whole constant. I mean, you've, you know, over the past couple of years, the ups and downs with weights that, that I've been struggling with and all that good stuff. Anyway. It's always the sweets. It's always the sweets. Okay, package coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse. I'll tell my wife. Carol sent it to me. I can't not eat it. You know. <laughs> Come on. All right. Anything that you would have liked me to ask that I didn't ask? Anything that you want to convey to our audience? This would be a good time to do that. I'm not sure there's anything kind of profound in what I would say. I do think one thing that's really important that sometimes gets overlooked is important it is to think about your team. You're only as good as your team. And clients are, you know, first at Buzzback, but the reality is our team is first. And we can only be as good as our team and our clients can only have a good experience about Buzzback if they have a good team to interact with. And that's always been at kind of the center of my work life and also one of the challenges, right? People are a funky thing sometimes in terms of what you need to expect or not expect and, and what they need. And it's hard to keep the pulse on that. And I like to think I'm empathetic. That's to me something really important in being a leader is being empathetic. But sometimes there aren't quite the rule books that you might expect there. Yeah, we could have a whole other conversation on that topic and hopefully we will. 
uh, we'll have you back and we can talk about that. Carol, um, it's a delight. Where can people find you? carolbuzzback.com. You can also go to our website and just leave the form or whatever if you really want to do that, but carolbuzzback.com. I usually get back in 24 hours. I'm sort of like in your email, Lenny, of like, I'm overwhelmed and it might take me more than a day. So be patient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, people, Greg and others I work with, they hate that. It's like, I'm sorry, I've got to have that on my signature because otherwise people just, you don't hear back from me and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, I get too many emails. So I hear you. Carol, thank you so much. Congratulations on all the success. Thank you. And I can't wait for some banana bread. So. <laughs> All right. I want to give a big shout out to our producer, Natalie, our editor, James, to our sponsors, and of course, to our listeners. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. That's it for now. We'll talk to you again real soon. Bye bye. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transforming insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.